Welcome to the listener's commentary on the New Testament. Your guide is pastor and theologian Dr. John Whitaker, and the heart behind these studies is to help you better understand the text of Scripture so you can more fully live it out. It's all about helping you learn and live the Bible. Here is the book of Philemon. Paul's letter to Philemon is really a unique letter in the New Testament. It is Paul's shortest letter, and it's a very personal letter. It's a letter really dealing with an issue between two specific individuals who are part of one church, and that makes it incredibly unique where we have a very specific and personal situation that Paul is trying to intervene into the midst of. Here's the backstory. Philemon is a wealthy landowner living in the city of Colossae, and what we can piece together from the letter is that Philemon is the owner of the house where the church meets. And like virtually all wealthy landowners in the Roman Empire, Philemon owned slaves. And these slaves were oftentimes household servants who you know, ran the house, uh, managed the farm, took care of uh, Philemon's needs, sometimes even ran business um, deals and local businesses in town on behalf of the landowner. Well, Philemon, as a wealthy landowner in the Roman Empire, he owns slaves. The church meets in his house, and one of his slaves is a man named Onesimus. And Onesimus and Philemon had... I don't know, some falling out or some sort of issue. It's not clear in the letter what that was, but uh, Onesimus runs away, flees from Philemon. And in the course of fleeing, he, uh, he comes in contact with the Apostle Paul. More than likely, my suspicion is, is that Onesimus uh, is actually going to Paul and fleeing to Paul Uh, deliberately to try to find him to get Paul to intervene on uh, his behalf between the situation between him and Philemon. Roman law had this provision where a slave could flee to a social superior and ask for his help in resolving an issue between him and his slave master. We don't know for sure if that's exactly how it went down, but that makes sense of why it is that Onesimus came into contact with the Apostle Paul probably wasn't random. Well, when Onesimus comes into contact with the Apostle Paul, Paul is in prison, most likely in Rome, although we don't know exactly where. Uh, Paul is in prison, and he welcomes Onesimus. And before dealing with Onesimus' situation between he and Philemon, Paul actually begins to share the gospel with Onesimus. To him, that is the greatest concern, is the state of Onesimus' own heart and soul and life before God. And so uh, Onesimus becomes a Christian through Paul's ministry in prison. And now Paul describes him as a family member, as his own child. And that's how he thinks of him, and that's how he feels about him, because he has led him to faith in Jesus. Well, now all of a sudden the situation is very sticky, very tricky for Paul and for Onesimus. What what do I do with Onesimus? And that's the question Paul needs to figure out. Well, that leads to Paul and Onesimus uh, coming together and agreeing to a very high-risk, very difficult, kind of sticky uh, plan about 
how are we going to resolve the situation between Onesimus and Philemon and Paul's involvement in that? This situation is a little sensitive on one hand, just because of the nature of Roman law, harboring a runaway slave was considered theft. That would be a, you know, not a good thing for Paul, for Onesimus, or for Philemon. And so just legally, by society and by culture, that's, that's a problem. But then even pastorally and theologically for Paul, this is a difficult issue. These two, Onesimus and Philemon, are now brothers in Christ. And as such, they have some relational work they need to do to sort things out and to repair the damage in their relationship. And so keeping Onesimus isn't going to solve the relationship with Philemon. And, and this becomes an opportunity really for Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon to both, all three of them, to embody the gospel in their relationship so that uh, they can model really a different way of doing relationships, a different way of doing life. And so Paul and Onesimus agree that Onesimus needs to go back home. He needs to return uh, to Colossae, to Philemon, and he needs to basically uh, return and accept what happens, let the chips fall where they may, and trust that Paul, writing this letter and intervening on his behalf, has enough uh, social, spiritual clout and credibility with Philemon that Paul's appeal will be well-received by Philemon, and Philemon will respond to Onesimus the way Paul urges him to do so. Now, the reason I say this is a high-risk strategy is because as his slave owner... Philemon had, really, he had freedom to punish Onesimus in sometimes very harsh sorts of ways. And so, very risky for Onesimus to, you know, to take this step and to entrust himself to Paul, to Philemon, and really to Jesus and say, okay, I need to repair this relationship. I haven't always done what's right. We need to embody the gospel. And so for Onesimus to go for this, it's a high-risk situation. Not only that, but for Philemon, this is a high-risk situation. What are Paul's expectations of Philemon? Well, they're probably not what we would hope or what we would expect. But Paul is wiser and deeper, I think, and more insightful than sometimes we give him credit for in this letter. Paul doesn't out and out ask Philemon to release, to free Onesimus. Doing so... Um, would have been tantamount to like social treason. It would have been to upset the entire entire social order. Um, I mean, 25, 30% uh, of the Roman Empire were slaves. Certain cities, the percentage was 70, 80% of the whole city was slaves. Slavery was just part and parcel of the fabric of Roman society. And it was inconceivable to imagine a world without slaves. If this upstart religious group, believing that this crucified man in the backwaters of the empire outside of Jerusalem um, was really God's son in the flesh, if this you know, upstart religious group began advocating the release and calling for and appealing for the release of all slaves, that, I mean, that would just undermine any missional hope for Christianity. 
it wouldn't be well received, it wouldn't merit any fruit. And not only that, we ourselves know that just making a, you know, a mandate to free slaves doesn't change people's heart towards them. So Paul is actually wiser and more insightful, and what he really asks uh, Philemon to do is to welcome Onesimus back as a brother. No longer as a slave, but as a brother, Paul is more interested in changing the nature of the heart and thus the nature of the relationship than just changing the laws, just, you know, offering a blanket call. Nevertheless, for Philemon to do that to a runaway slave, to to welcome Onesimus back, to forgive him, to treat him as he would the Apostle Paul himself, and to uh, now, moving forward, relate to him as a family member, as a sibling, as a brother. That is revolutionary. That is countercultural. That is incredibly radical. And that is incredibly risky. Because if Philemon does that, from one end, the slaves end, all of a sudden his slaves are like, oh, Philemon's gone soft. At least this is going to be Philemon's fear, right? And it's a real possibility. And so now, what happens to all those slaves? What happens to his slaves? Uh, are there going to be quick conversions so that they can get soft treatment? Because maybe that's what they think they need to do in order to be treated that way, right? Will it mean more slaves run away because they figure, oh, it doesn't matter anymore? I mean, so there's all these fears that are real possibilities and real potential fears. Not only that, on the other end, you have all the other wealthy landowners in town who own slaves as well. And for Philemon to do this, he's going to lose status, he's going to lose honor, he's going to lose face with them. His credibility in town is going to go down. So this is a high-risk, difficult situation for both Philemon and Onesimus, and really for the Apostle Paul, because for Paul, this is a gospel issue, and we need to embody the gospel in our relationships so that our social status, whatever we are legally, doesn't affect the way we treat each other and relate to each other, that we relate to each other as brothers. And so that's what's going on in this letter. That's the situation here in this letter. As Paul writes it, he is addressing a very delicate, sensitive situation with a high-risk strategy because he believes it's best for the gospel and it, it best embodies the gospel. So that's the background to the book of Philemon. Hi friends, it's John. And as many of you know, the listener's commentary is an entirely crowdfunded endeavor. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who give to support this project. Whether you give $5, whether you give $50, $100, whatever you give, it's all incredibly helpful. So thanks a ton for your support. And if you want to support this project, just go to the listenerscommentary.com, click give, and you can support right through there. God bless and thank you so much.